All right, we're going to be in Philippians. Okay, so Philippians 4, by the way. Okay, so uh, like I said, I like to do this um, title thing. So I want to do that. So here's, I, I came up with a couple titles. I'm going to hit you with my best one first. Okay? Um, flip the script. You like that? No, you don't like that. You're like, boy, if that's your, that's your best one, whoo. <laughs> yeah, this is going to be a great talk, Ackerman. <laughs> whoo. Flip the script. Okay? What does that mean? Well, if you already know chapter 4 in Philippians and about Paul, which we're going to get to, it's about the circumstances around you, seeing them different. Which, as a Christian, once you... Um, let me use the Southern Baptist terminology here. Once you accept Jesus into your heart, right? Once you decide that you don't, that, that you want God to take over your life, right? You should live differently. Would we all agree with that? Okay, so instead of, instead of being number one and being selfish, right? And putting you first, Life sh- we flip the script, God flips the script, right? And it is more about being I'm third instead of I'm first, which would be God first, others second, yourself third, right? Uh, Jenny and I met at a camp where that's their kind of philosophy, the I'm third philosophy, Kennecott camps, okay? It's God first, so that is completely different than the world. Why? What does the world tell you to do? Yourself first. Me, 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 right? Get what I want, right? Matter of fact, you probably have that attitude sometimes. Maybe, maybe sometimes. Maybe not. Maybe you're godly all the time. I'm not. I mess up sometimes. Yeah? All right. The second one, with the same kind of theme running there, would be the worldly reverse. Now, I'm a football coach. I grew up playing football. I played football in college and high school, and now I get to coach football. So, the reverse. Football fans in here. Anybody? Pittsburgh Steelers fans, unfortunately. Ouch. Wow. That hurt this week. Ugh. I know. Falcons fans. Blah, blah, blah. Rise up. Whatever. <laughs> right? Okay. Uh, but, but football fan and coach. So, uh, the reverse is the quarterback either tosses the ball to the running back or hands the ball to the running back. Everybody is blocking one way, right? Everything looks like it's going this way. The defense is following us because the ball's going this way. And one guy, right? We hand the ball to the guy going the other way. Usually a wide receiver, right? Uh, Who's split wide, maybe an X or a Z receiver. Anybody? No? Okay. So, uh, thank you. Thank you. I got one out there. All right. All right. And so he's coming the other way. We give him the ball. And everybody in the stands are like, whoa, hey, what's going on? There's one guy going the other way. Right? And um, everybody sees that now. Right? But at first, it looked like we were going this way. Right? Well, as a Christian, that should be the way that that happens in your life when the world... Uh, see what I'm doing here? 
When the world is doing this and going this way and saying this is how we should be, what should you be doing? Doing the reverse, right? You should be the one carrying the ball the other way, right? That should be you. The worldly reverse. See what I did there? Flip the script. See the theme in there? Okay. Now this is my last one. Which I think is funny, which you may not, so you can laugh at me if you don't. The spiritual fumble ruski. Okay? So, does anybody, does anybody know the fumble ruski? Does anybody know that play? Okay, this was a play that used to be legal in football. Okay? It's no longer legal. Now, the reason that I didn't use this one is because it really it has the same meaning is the one above it, the spiritual reverse. But I thought it sounded cooler. The spiritual fumble risky, right? So this play, here's what happened. <laughs> Can I do that? You were going the worldly way. <laughs> reverse. I see what God did there. Hmm. Thank you for that insight. So this fumble risky is this, right? Again, this is illegal now. You can't do this anymore. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to role play a couple different... Gee whiz. Stay away from the world, folks. I think God's trying to tell us something here. Shoo. All right. So, I'm going to role play a few different positions. I was going to invite a few of you up here, but I thought that could turn out really bad. All right. So, the center snaps the ball, right? The quarterback takes the ball and turns, the running backs are going that way and the quarterback's running this way, right? But the quarterback doesn't have the ball, right? The center snapped it, right? Then knelt down and put the ball on the ground. Right there. Never gave it to the quarterback, okay? The two guards come in tight. This is really... A lot of feedback. I could probably talk real loud and they'd hear me. What do you think? No? Okay. All right. So uh, what happens is the guards come down and block the two guys right next to the center. The guards, right? We all know that. The tackles are the next two outside. Yeah? Okay. And one of the guards, as the quarterback and everybody's going this way, one of the guards reaches down, picks up the ball, and runs this that way. <laughs> okay? All right. So, now, I think the reason I like that name is because, like, same, same idea. Everybody, the world's going, everybody's going this way, right? But the reason I like that one is because the guy who doesn't normally carry the ball... Right? It's, it's all about deceit right there. He picks up the ball and goes that way. It's kind of cool there, if you could draw a spiritual analogy, that God oftentimes uses people that you wouldn't expect for something, right? Right? So, the spiritual fumble ruski, right? He's going that way, everybody else is going that way, right? I'm going to stick with flip the script, all right? But if you like spiritual fumble ruski better... I'm okay with that. All right? 
So, let's look at the scripture. All right? Philippians 4. And they actually gave me 1 through 20. And that's a lot to cover. There's no way I can cover all that. Because there's like five sermons in here. Okay? And actually, do you remember when I was here, for those of you who were here, I said, what's your favorite Bible verse? Um, one or two of you, probably, maybe a lot of you, your favorite Bible verse may be in this section of Scripture. Philippians 4.13. What is it? Through Christ who strengthens me. One of the most misused Bible verses ever, right? So, um, like this afternoon, one of my uh, running backs tried to squat 400 pounds, and he dropped it out. And I said, hey, just say that Bible verse, and then you'll be able to do it. And he's like, coach, I don't think it works that way. It's like, you're right. It doesn't work that way, right? Misused though, right? A lot of sports teams will put that on the back, thinking at the beginning of the year they're going to win the state championship, Right? Because they put that verse on their back, and God's with them, right? Right, yeah, some of you are laughing because you've all tried that. Okay, all right. Because you've been in Philippians the last couple weeks, and we're talking about Paul, where is Paul? What, what, is, what, is, what is Philippians? What is that? What is this book? Anybody know? It's a letter, Yes? Paul writing it to the church of Philippi. So he's actually writing it to Christians, right? So this is, uh, do you know where he's writing this from? Prison. Prison. Okay. Um, I have it on good authority. This was not a country club prison as well. Okay. Uh, Why did he write this letter? To encourage the Christians at that church? Why else? Do you know? So we could, that is exactly why he wrote this letter, so we could talk about it tonight. That guy was really godly. Um, the other reason was to say thank you to the church. They, while he was in prison, they sent someone to, to give him um, a gift from the church. And he's writing back and he's thanking them. He's also writing back and encouraging them. All right? And I want to show you that Paul is like one of the original script flippers. Okay? All right? I want to show you this. Um, Again, we're going to skip through some of this and kind of camp out at a couple different places. The first... One that we're the, the first scripture that we're going to read, we're going to read from uh, chapter four, and we're going to start in with verse four, if you're following along, okay? Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. This is uh, some people's favorite verse here. Uh, Philippians 4, 6. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer, petition, and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. What in the world is he writing there? 
No, let me take that back. How in the world is he writing that there? Now, I'm one of those guys that likes the feedback. It gives you a chance to answer questions. How, where is Paul again? In prison. Going to be on trial. What is he writing? What do those first verse what do those first couple words say? Rejoice in the Lord always and again I say rejoice. If you grew up in Greensburg Free Methodist Church in Greensburg, Pennsylvania on the corner of Mason Weaver Street, you would sing Rejoice in the Lord always and again I say rejoice. We sang that song a lot. Anybody else sing that song? All the three old guys. Great. Okay. Good. That's awesome. Rejoice in the Lord always and again I say rejoice. Rejoice, rejoice and again I say rejoice. See, I'm trying to audition to get up here with the band right here because they're awesome. But I don't think it's working. They're just shaking their heads in the back. Uh, how is he writing that? He's really, what? Optimistic. Optimistic? He's really, what? He's saying, though I may be in this situation, God will carry me out. Okay. So that he's, I guess he's basically saying, no matter how fresh you are, God will always be with you. Okay. It doesn't matter your situation, right? It doesn't matter. I'm in jail, and I'm writing this encouraging letter. What are you doing if you're in jail? What are you doing? Pouting? Hey, I got one call here. Huh? What are you writing if you're in jail? Be honest. What are you writing? How can I get out? Yeah. Dad, I'm sorry. It wasn't me. Um... What are, you th- what are you saying to God if you're in jail? Hey, that, hey, look. Strawberry blondes, we got something in common right here. Okay, freckles, strawberry blonde, very handsome. We got something in common here. Okay, athletic, yes. Okay, so, yes, you too. Freckles, strawberry blonde, it's just he gave the answer. And athletic, that's a soccer thing, right? Got it. All right. So here's what I'm doing. Lord, you know something? I could do a whole lot more work for you if you get me out of this place. Right? I can't do much work for. Look, I would try to make it spiritual, I'd try to make a deal with it. Right? God, look, you get me out of here and then I can do... Look, I can't do anything for you in here. Get me out and I'm going to do amazing things for you. Right? So let's do this. Right? The doors aren't opening, Lord. Come on. Paul's not doing that. Paul has flipped the script. I got time on my hands. What can I do? Hey, let's encourage some people. Let me write a letter on a piece of paper. And look, you said it. We're reading it tonight. 
in Armurchi, Georgia. And we're still being encouraged by it. Right? So the, the, the script flipper here is your situation isn't that bad. Right? It's, you're not in jail. It's not that bad. You think it is because it's your life and it's bigger than, you know, your problems are bigger than everybody else's. And you think it's bad. But if you are a script flipper, then you will look at it differently. You will say, this isn't about me. I did give my life to you back there, whenever that was. It's not mine anymore. What do you want in this situation? Right? Here's another one. James 1 comes to mind. James 1. Anybody? James 1. James 1. James 1. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, when you encounter trials of many kinds, because you know the testing of your faith develops perseverance. And perseverance must finish its work so that you might become more mature and more complete, lacking nothing. Hey, look, you're not only going to have trials. Be happy about them. What? That's crazy. That's crazy talk. That's crazy Christian talk. Right? That's what Christians say. And then they get mad in the food line. I see them after church fighting over the chicken. Right? It's crazy Christian talk on Sunday mornings. Consider it joy when you, when you Christian people have a trial. Because God can use that some way. You don't know how. And part of the reason that you don't know how is because you're not trying to ask him how. You're praying, God, get rid of this trial. God, get me out of this mess. God, I will make a deal for you if you can get this to go away. Instead of saying, look, I'm in jail. Let me encourage some people. I, I just met this young lady in the back. What is your name again? Carson. Tore her knee in like 52 places, right? All right, maybe one or two. I exaggerate. I'm guessing that sports mean a lot to you. I can't even imagine how much of a bummer it was that night when you went home. It just breaks my heart for you because I'm, I'm athletics means a lot to me too. You could sit and mope and say, why? Or you could say, God, how can I use this? How can you use me through this junk? Maybe it's encouraging other people. I don't know. There's a lot of people that have a sports injury, right? You could blame God. You could do that. Some people do. Or you could flip the script and somehow use that, right? Because people have, in sports, used an injury as a, as a platform or a springboard to a better testimony, right? It amazes me that Paul says, rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice, Okay? No matter what your situation. All right? All right. Um, 
Let's read Philippians 4, 10 through 12. And we're going to take another look at some, a way that he flips the script. I rejoiced greatly in the Lord. At last you renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. I am not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or want. And I'm going to stop there. I'm not going to get to 13. Okay? That's a whole nother talk, right? I have learned to be content no matter what. What does content mean? Does content mean happy? Good. Does it? Satisfied? Content? Somebody else? Your working definition? A PVN working definition of contentment? The um, Webster's Dictionary says to appease the desires of or to limit oneself in requirements, uh, desires, or actions. To limit oneself in desires. To be satisfied. Who said satisfied? To be satisfied or okay with. I'm not happy about being in jail. God, if this, is where you ha- is it, if this is where you have me right now, I'm not happy that my knee was blown out. But God, if this is where you have me right now, I'm not happy with the way someone is treating me. Right? I'm not happy with, I don't know, I don't know what your situation is. I'm not happy with blank. Can I, should, I, should I complain about it? Should I grumble about it? Or can I flip the script? Can I use it differently? Paul, if there's any, this is why I say he's one of the original uh, script flippers, right? You can't say flip scrippers. You got to say script flippers, right? You got to get that right. So this is why. Does anybody know what that dude went through? Y'all know about this guy, Paul? Tell me some of the things that he went through. A name change. Okay, yes, he did do that. Look up 2 Corinthians 11, starting in 24. And just read a few verses there and tell me, someone, some of the things that he went through. Starting in 24. He was stoned. By the way, not fun. Just saying. Okay? What else? Pardon me? Flogged. So as a Jew, though, there was, a, there was kind of a Roman rule there, right? And a Jewish rule, yeah, people would be flogged 40 times for something, but, but a Jewish person would get 39 lashes instead of 40. Just in case they miscounted, they didn't want to give an extra one, so they get 39. How many times was he flogged, hit with a whip in the back? How many times? No, but how many times did he get 39 whippings? Five times he was flogged. What else does it say? Shipwrecked. Shipwrecked. Once again, not fun. Three times beaten with a rod, one time stoned. Spent a night in the, and a day in the sea. 
Not fun. Okay? If you've ever been there. Danger everywhere, right? On his missionary journeys, danger everywhere. Been cold, been naked, been without food. Is Now, this guy, right? This is the guy that should be writing, hey, rejoice in the Lord always and again I say rejoice, right? I love the dance back there. We weren't allowed to dance at my church, so. Okay? Is this the guy that should be writing that? No? I don't think so. But somehow he finds a way to be content. How is it? Look, some of you have been a Christian for a while. You've been coming to church for a long time. You've been hearing lots of sermons. Tell me. Not, not necessarily biblical talk, but just not just kind of Christianese. Tell me why you think Paul could do this. Why, how could Paul do this? How could someone who has had all this junk happen in their life and it look like he's have a horrible life? How could he find contentment and be joyful? Some might argue that God isn't on his side because of all this junk was happened to him, right? Wouldn't that be an easy argument to make? Would that be? I'm just, I'm asking. Would that be an easy argument to make? If you're talking to someone who's not a Christian saying, oh yeah, look, Paul was happy. because Look, that guy's an idiot. Paul, God wasn't on his side. All that stuff happened to him, right? Yes. Okay. We see that he has gotten through some tough trials, right? We see by the number of bad things that had happened to him, God is certainly sustaining him, right? So yes. How else? God bless you, young lady. There's, it's, it's, like, it's like these, pe- these people, and we're going to talk about these people in a second, and I know I'm running out of time. They put these spiritual goggles on, right? And they just see the world differently. Paul's one of these guys. He just, he knows there's something bigger out there. He gets it, Right? Do you have, do you, these people, these Christian people that are, that are script flippers, do you have these people in your, do you know someone like this? Anybody? Yes? Who is this in your life? Who is this person? Who have you seen that has done this? Pardon me? Ryan, Bob. Bob. How so? Again, we do this give and take here. How so? They're actively living out. You get to see, because you're around here a bunch, right? You get to see some junk happen to them, and you get to see how they handle that. That's awesome. That's the way your youth minister should be, by the way. Yes? Okay, tell me about that situation. Okay. Rejoicing in the Lord is what? Blind and deaf. How happy would you be with that one? Just take, just take 50-50. Just take one of them. How happy would you be? Not very. Right? My dad was one of these people. Grew up on a farm. I told you, Possum Hollow, we didn't have a lot of money. But he just, he saw things differently. And let me tell you something, folks. As a, as a, as a non-Christian teenager, your age, 
having a Christian dad who loved the world and was a uh, script flipper. Let me tell you something. I hated it. It made me angry. So, so my Aunt Doris, who also lives in the hollow, uh, her car breaks down and she doesn't have enough money to fix it. So you know what my dad does? He gives her our second car. Now that may sound like a really big deal. It, we only had two 78 Novas with four combined hubcaps. Okay, Why there were two on each, I don't know. Why we didn't move two to, to one and make it one full set, I have no idea. Two 78 Novas. And my Aunt Doris gets one of them. And I say, what are you doing, Dad? There are five of us. I've got to get to practice and home from practice. Ron's got to work. Mom's got to work. You got, what are you doing? That doesn't make any sense. You know what he says? And my dad says, she needs it more than we do. It's like a no-brainer for him. Oh, that made me so angry, right? Because I was looking at it at, not from a godly perspective. I didn't have any spiritual goggles on. He's putting them on goes, she needs it more than we do. Somebody else. One more. Adult, go ahead. Okay. Those people are encouragers to us. Let me tell you, just about every missionary I've ever met falls in this category. Someone who's willing to say, I'm willing to give up everything I own to go to somewhere I've never been to minister to people who probably don't want me there to tell them about a God that they don't know. To me, in my mind, in my heart, that's a script flipper, right? They are willing to just go and do. God told them to go, they go. I'm, right, I'm out of time. Here's what I want from you. This is the challenge. Find one. If you don't know one, find one. And they're easy. They're like people running the reverse. Okay? Everybody in the stadium can see that this person is different. Okay? They are easy to see. Could you tell? Do you think if you hung around Paul, a group of people, and Paul was there, you could tell this guy's different? I'm going to say yes. Say, Jesus, same thing. Right? Same thing. These people are different in a crowd. One, find one of those people. Get to know them. Learn from them. Two, be one. How can you do that? How can a middle schooler and high schooler in a public or private school in 2017 be a script flipper? How can you do that? Yes. Tell others at school about God. You could be the Jesus freak, right? Toby Mac, gotta love him. 50 years ago, right? Nobody knows him. All right. Yes, you can tell others about God. Because not, you know what? There's a lot of Christians that aren't doing that. Unfortunately. How else can you do that? Yes. Yes. And I would not only say don't act that way, but be that way. Right? Don't just act. Be. Different. Don't just act different. Learn, allow God to show you how to do that. How else? 
tangible ways. Hey, high schoolers. This relationship is not the one I'm supposed to be in. And I know it. And so I'm out. But I really like her. I really like him. I'm out. I got to get out. God's got something different for me right now. This, is, this relationship is not glorifying God. I'm going to flip it. I got to get out. Because I know it's not right. Middle schoolers, hopefully those, not the serious relationships, right? This person is not being supported by other middle school people. As a matter of fact, they're being laughed at. The group. You know that person in middle school. I'm going to help that person. I'm going to encourage that person. I'm going to come alongside that person. I'm going to stand up for that person. Look, that can happen in high school too. Come on, you know that. College and... I don't want to come here and just tell you to be different. That would be, it's insane for me to do that and tell you funny stories. I want to come here and tell you that Christian men and women, God has made you to be different. You, every one of you, have an incredible story. You have to flip the script. It's not just a good idea. It's part of who you are now. You are now running the reverse. You are to go against the flow and be different. Look around. You're not alone. Look around. There's a lot of other churches that are filled tonight in, in this, that, that have a bunch of people like y'all. Some are just waiting for somebody to stand up. Be that person. Find one, be one.